0: Hold on to your seats, folks, because we're going to crank it up.
1: So enjoy these beautiful creatures as they soar into your hearts. On their flights, their flights of wonder.
0: somewhat
1: unique and calls for a different kind of introduction and thanks to all of you we'll see after the show all right here we go
0: hello my friend and welcome to the ww radio show your walt disney world information station I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 559. And I'm here to help you have the best vacation experience, not only when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, blog, videos, special events, audio tours, and more. Whether you're planning your first trip to Walt Disney World or you just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you. And each week, I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. Don't forget to go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and visit www.radio.com. I'll open up the inbox again this week and answer your questions about a wide spectrum of topics, including boarding the Disney World Wayback Machine to the Disney MGM Studios and memories of a movie-set adventure, Galaxy's Edge opening, unique ways to celebrate your child's birthday, how to bring the Disney experience home when you can't get to the parks, how much time to dedicate to all the Disney parks around the world and attractions that may or may not be going away soon, course i'll have some questions for you to answer as well i'll then have the answer to our last walt disney world trivia question of the week and i'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a disney prize package and be sure to stay to the very end of the show as i'll have more information about upcoming events our next meet of the month in walt disney world your voicemails and more so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the ww radio show Since day one of the show, back in April ish, 2005, it was called something else back then. Don't worry about it. But my intent with the show has always been that it's not just for you, but something that is to be done with and by you as well. I don't want you to be a passive listener and when the show is over, it's over. I want you to be part of the conversation, the content, and the community. And we do it lots of different ways with the Facebook group. If you go to www.radio.com slash community, the live shows on Wednesday night, the events in and out of the parks and on land, off land, at sea, on the road, connecting on social, etc. But one of the best ways I think to do that, and one of my favorite ways is to try and help you. And it's really the why that makes me do the show. And I think the best way is by listening to you and answering your questions online, in person, and of course on the show. We're going to do that again this week. And I am joined also by someone who's in the business of trying to help you have a great, dare I say magical, Disney vacation. She is the fish to my chips, the cheese to my macaroni. You can tell I'm hungry. The Mindy to my Mork, the oat to my haul... The boat to my house, I had to. The Tito to my Michael. And the she to my nanigans. You get the point. She is my friend and longtime sponsor, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel.
1: Look at you bringing out the 70s references there. Right? You can, you can, I'm pretty <laughs> impressed with that. What, you, you Did you live back into a, another dimension or something? To I've been... I've been
0: in a very nostalgic retro mood. Oh my gosh, as of it's got to be
1: the Spider-Man movie, isn't it? It's, there's
0: lots of reasons why I am I am very... I was going to uh, try to throw out my
1: down. rocket to your Groot, but then I was thinking, wait a minute. It, Groot is too way too tall. too
0: tall. Really, yeah. I'm more of the <laughs> rocket in terms of, of overall stature. Wait, but what? In terms of stature... I, I own it. It's fine. I'll I'll okay. I am. I've never been mistaken for a Groot. But all right, I'll
1: I'll take Gamora for that one then.
0: Because, uh, now you're just making it weird. Okay. <laughs> so, um, listen, this is one of my favorite things that we get to do together because we get to literally just open up the inbox. We, and, and we've always done this. Terrifies me. It
1: right. Totally <laughs> terrifies me when you don't have any agenda. Because
0: the last few shows. I have not, as I have normally done in the past, sent you a list of questions. You get to do your research, prepare your soliloquies and have at it This week, we're going to go and do what we've done the last few times. I am going to just open up the inbox, start to randomly select one, say a little prayer and sign of the cross before (laughs) I do, because you never know what we're going to get right in. Yeah,
1: because if it says something like, I'm looking forward to going to Disney World in the year 2005, and you never know what's going to happen.
0: I've never heard anybody call it 2005, (laughs) speaking of who's old. But yeah, and listen, and and, And Twitter. And if you have sent me an email in the past, I apologize. We try and get through as many as we can. So, listen, enough of the shenanigans. Let's get right into it because I like the sheet. There's a lot, I'm and then saying, that's actually and great. then maybe do a little quick lightning round once again, oh, which I know wow. you absolutely hate. So, okay, <laughs> let's get in. To cool. Justin Kippenberger, who says, Hey, Lou, I'm a long time listener, been working my way, not back to you, babe, but working my way through the podcasts. And I do have a couple of Wayback Machine questions. Yikes. Um, first, I am 37 now, but a long time ago, when the Disney NGM studios, my brother and I were taken to a place backstage where we were led up a staircase to a production room. In that room, there was a giant fake bee from the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. They had us climb up onto that bee and act out some scenes as they filmed in front of a giant green screen. They then showed us our video and I think gave us a copy. I'm trying to remember details on what exactly that was and when they did that. And then second, this is somewhat similar to the first question. Back when my brothers and I were younger... My two older brothers were taken to a place on Main... It sounds very ominous, by the way, the way you describe it. We were taken upstairs to this this little room. We were taken we're to a place on guys Main guys Street in, in dark clothing. for a, a reenactment of Dick Tracy. Same questions. Um, when would they have been, and are there any more details? Also, do you have any plans to do similar things like that in the future? So, Becky, I'm going to ask you first. Do you remember anything like that from... The old Disney MGM Studios days.
1: I do not. And when you're talking about the old MGM, and I'm doing that in hand quotes, um, I'm not exactly sure when this would have been in play. My first visit was in 1996. So is that considered old? (laughs)
0: Well, and I think, you know, some of the places that he is describing were definitely more geared towards children, so I can understand why you may or may not have... I just
1: stepped in there, didn't I? You did, did.
0: you did. So, all right, so there's a couple of things um, going on in in your question. So first, let's talk, let's sort of go backwards because the first thing that you're talking about with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids may be one of two different places. So in terms of Dick Tracy at uh, Disney MGM studios, you were probably talking about the Dick Tracy starring in diamond double cross stage show, which was based on the film that I came out in 1990. Um, It opened at the theater in, uh, in the theater and the stars in early that year. um, Also in at videopolis in Disneyland at the same time, um, right around the same time. Um, So Couple of things. The Dick Tracy film was for Disney going to be in their minds the next sort of big blockbuster franchise. It had all of the requisite elements, right? It had Warren Beatty, it had Madonna, it had you know, uh, oh, um, I forgot about that, <laughs> right? So it had all these big name stars. It was a they put a lot of money into this film and there were a lot of plans And if you go back and listen to some of our earlier shows where we sort of went well, i think the 30th anniversary of disney mgm studios we might have talked about dick tracy at length there but there were a lot of plans for this to be a a bigger franchise and a bigger presence in the park but here this was more of a um, uh, a stage show that took place at the old Club Ritz Nightclub and Breathless Mahoney, who was Madonna, not in the parks, but it was portrayed by Madonna. And there was a, it was a very musical show. If you remember, there's the Calling Dick Tracy. You might hear it sometimes even in some old Disney MGM Studios uh, background sounds and things like that. So a lot of different dance numbers and whatnot, but this is not a show that lasted very, very long. And in terms of, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So there was the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure, which opened in December 1990 and didn't, and and actually was a very, very long, it ran for more than 25 years. This closed in, I want to say spring of 2016. Again, this was very much part of Michael Eisner's Disney decade that never maybe reached his full potential and and ideation but Honey I Shrunk the Kids was meant to again be one another one of those cornerstone franchises Um, and in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios they had a movie set adventure that was outside and if you remember you were the idea was that you were shrunk down to the size of one of the kids in the film and it was really a play area for kids there were ant hills and these giant ants um, there was a spider web maze. I remember the giant canister of Kodak-sponsored film. There was the dog nose that sprayed the, the cool mist, uh, a water hose. And there were Ew. these giant, like, <laughs> 30 feet tall bumblebees and blades of grass um, in there as well. So it was a place for uh, kids to sort of run around, expend some energy, and also feel as though that they were part of the movie.
1: Okay, I do not remember that. I just, I don't. I'm trying to go back in my brain. All I can think about now is the movie that I want to go back and see because I haven't seen Dick Tracy in a long, long time. But um, it sounds like a fun place to hang out. I did not, and I'm just glad there was. There wasn't a spider, was there?
0: There was. There was, and there was. um,
1: There were spider webs too. That's just. That's just disgusting. And ew. It'd be a great place to to you know do the Halloween thing, I guess. But no,
0: there was also, that. and I think now that I'm re- rereading his email again, too, I think what he's talking about is actually not the outdoor play area. Um, he's talking
1: about the green screen, right? So yeah, like, right.
0: So he's did talking they do a about video of you. Yeah. So it was during when they had the uh, the backlot tour um, when. So the Backlot Tour originally was not, you know, if you remember when I closed, the Backlot Tour was maybe a, you know, 30 minute or so, still a very long attraction, but at one point, the Backlot Tour was, you know, it, it took up a part of, you know, a quarter of your day, it was like a two hour thing, there was a tram tour, and there was a walking tour, and on part of the walking tour, they took you, to um, an area where there was a uh, a green screen, and it was ba- it was a giant bee from Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and you were able to get on there. Um, and, and people would sort of watch you in this soundstage environment as they filmed you. I, I never actually was able to it was like watching Romper Room as a kid. I was never able actually <laughs> picked to do it. but I, I think you may have actually gotten a videotape. So that's probably what it was. It was it was the backlot tour was the green screen. The movie set adventure was the play area. And again, the Dick Tracy, Diamond Double Cross. three things, Becky Mankin that you'd never experienced, nor will you ever at Disney's Hollywood Studios.
1: No, nope, it sounds like uh, I missed out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you sound devastated. All right, let's move yeah. on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, the danger of doing this without uh, without knowing what you're picking out of that hat. <laughs> exactly. and It's
0: it's really testing my um, my memory, too, as I try to and remember. And I'm not awesome at dates. All right, here's one that I think we could easily uh, address. It comes from Todd Popple. He says, we are staying at a Disney hotel the night before galaxy's edge opens uh, what time would you realistically think we should head to the studios oh, to get wow. in line gates open at 6 a.m we're expecting somewhere in the 3 to 4 4 a.m range what is the word on the street thanks todd todd listen if you're not online already you're you're too late you're we're already way Either way or. too late um I, I think what's gonna i think it's a hard question to answer because we don't know what sort of policies and procedures Disney is going to have in place. Because I think what they don't want is people coming at six o'clock the night before, as people have been wanting to do for things like star Wars weekends way back when for the autograph lines, they're not going to want people trying to start lining up, you know, at some
1: ungodly hour, not the night before, but really almost the day before. I was going to say days. We've seen that uh, attempt to happen at other uh, events. So I'm hoping that they'll come out with an actual, time that they say now is the time you can actually start lining up is at X time. I have not heard what that time is. Have you?
0: I haven't. And I think they're going to wait until we get closer to figure out. Obviously, they, they've they just recently opened and expanded the security checkpoint and lines over at Disney's Hollywood Studios as part of the uh, entrance makeover. There may be more areas that they can get guests through security at a certain time and then let them queue up this way they'll be ready to go but i would not expect it to be you know 11 o'clock the night before i mean it very well might be the same kind of thing but there has to be at some point a dissemination of information in terms of when you can even get into the parking lot and start parking you know, Because what's going to happen is people are going to get there as early as they possibly can and start forming their own line before the official line. I think that's what Disney wants to avoid, you know, to avoid any
1: kind of confusion or issues. Right. And then you have the two different lines, because when they start doing the extra, extra magic hours, <laughs> you have to have um, you have to be staying on property to get in that line. But think about the second line for the people who aren't staying on property. That's going to queue up for. To get into the land after that, so I, this is gonna be interesting to see what they come up with in terms of uh, process.
0: Super duper early, extra double morning (laughs) hours. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be. Again, we'll we'll obviously get more information as. We get closer, but just be prepared. Um, download a book or a podcast and bring your patience. <laughs> or 10. Uh, whenever
1: it is. <laughs> Bring some coffee, some donuts. Yes. Um, yeah, make, and bag. make friends
0: with the person in front of you and behind you as well. All right. Lindsay says, hey, Lou, I recently started listening to the podcast. and I'm having a blast listening my way back through all the older episodes. I am planning a trip to Walt Disney World as a surprise for my daughter's ninth birthday. I am trying to figure out where to have her main birthday meal. It doesn't matter if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I just want somewhere that's going to make a big deal out of it. Uh, I haven't been to Walt Disney World since my college program in 2005. Shout out to Adventureland. And so much has changed. I would love to hear your recommendations. Thanks, Lindsay. So first things first, I think even before we get to the where and the when i think that you should step back and when you start to call to book your reservations maybe even through a you know travel agency like mouse fan travel let the travel agents or the disney reservation agents know that you are booking where you're going to be celebrating a birthday on your trip Um, this way especially if you're calling a restaurant this way they could make notes in the reservation, so the restaurant is aware. Not that it's a guarantee that they will do anything, but at least let them know ahead of time if you make when you make your ADRs, and then when you check in, I would also tell the cast member um, at the podium too, like, "Hey, we're here to celebrate my daughter's birthday. They're nine; she's nine. You can sort of do it on the sly, so um, she doesn't hear." Now, in terms, of oh wait, I'll leave either go, even again before we get to the where. Other things I would do, too. Obviously, if you get your birthday button mm-hmm. in advance, sometimes that's not only just a nice gift, which is free, by the way, for your daughter. It's also a signal to cast members that sometimes they they can make a little bit of extra magic. There's also other stuff that you can do in advance. Um, you can call Disney Floral and Gifts, and they can do a a celebratory birthday package. I even think they have, like, Princess ones and and pirates ones and Mickey and Minnie ones. So if you wanted to have something in your room, they can do balloons, they can do decorations, they can do plushes and and Mickey ears and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, well, you can even order. You can also order a cake in advance too. If you call, right. there's a cake hotline. If you call, I think you need to give them 48 hours. Now you can have a a, a cake made and designed for your child and delivered to the restaurant. Anything else that you would do before you even, before we even get to the restaurants themselves? Cause that's where we're going to shine is when we actually start picking the places to eat.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, it, the birthday cakes are very cool. I I will admit I've done that for a few clients and they go all out on these cakes and they serve anywhere from four to six people. And I think the cost is you know it's about somewhere between that 50 to 75 dollars and up depending on what you want to have done with these cakes um they are fantastic they're a great way to celebrate they have they can be delivered to um any of the restaurants i think that that is one of the best tips for the pre uh like you said the room decorations are very cool too they do uh things that are specific to characters and if they do have uh, these little packages like you said princess pirate and so forth but if you your um, your child has a favorite character you can talk to them and say you know i would like this package but i'd like it to be geared towards tigger or to mary poppins or whatever that character is and they can customize them too so you don't have to just look at the website and and take the generic uh, birthday package they've got all kinds of ways that you can customize them Specifically for your child or your child at heart.
0: Yeah. So, all right, let's just get to the restaurants because I'm already starting to think of other things <laughs> you hungry, can do to pl- two to, 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 to to in plus we're it. Restaurants for food, so um, okay. So, restaurants that I think is so again, it's a nine year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Restaurants that I think would be fun and you don't necessarily have to. And I'm thinking about places that you don't have to necessarily book something like a. And again, I'm going to sort of, I'm, I'm backing into the restaurants. It's not gonna. It's not like a special event where you can do the um, the perfectly princess tea party, which I think it's. I still think it's called the American or the My Disney Girl perfectly princess tea party at. Say that ten times fast. That was a mouthful. My Disney. Wait, it's the My (laughs) Disney Girl's perfectly princess tea party at the Grand Floridian, where you get your daughter i think gets i think it's a choice now you either get an american girl doll i, th- I still think that it's an american girl doll or a a duffy but princess aurora comes out and they do this wonderful very very cool um perfect for a 9 year old um tea party celebration it is a little bit you know obviously it's a it's a hard ticket event um I don't know the cost right offhand but it's going to be a little bit obviously more than if you were to do a um just a regular dinner. I want to say it's I'm going to try and give it get a price for you really quickly because I think you book it for a couple like a mom and you know mom and daughter or a you know a, a dad and his daughter and I think it, it's it's a I want to say like $300 somewhere around there for um for the the two of you, um, but they also okay, so they get in, okay, so now it's a special eighteen inch princess Aurora doll dressed in a down gown plus accessories, a tiara, a silver princess bracelet, a princess necklace, a fresh rose, a sticker package, and a princess cinch bag. You can also add on,, um, yeah, you can do some additional add-ons as well. Um, the cost for the tea party is, which is for one guest ages 10 and up and one child ages 3 to 9 and you can add more guests for about $230 Mm -hmm. per child um, and then $98 for other adults. So you can do it as like mom and daughter or you can do it as an entire family. However, that's not what her question was at all, but I'm just sort of like <laughs> yeah, thinking in terms that, of...
1: that. Road. You were going back to when you took your daughter. I did. Uh, to the tea party. That's exactly where you were going. You brain, better
0: believe you? it. And don't... I'm not going to think about it because I don't want to cry. <laughs> However,
1: um, <laughs> Mary, get dressed. We're going day. for tea. That um, was so, she was so pretty. That was such a great but
0: you. But there's ways to do things like that with with the point of me going some, from big to small was you can do things like this without necessarily spending... That kind of money. So my first thought was even someplace like Crystal Palace. Um yeah. the Acershouse. You don't have to necessarily do the the princess meal, but you can go to the Royal Banquet Hall at Acershous. Um I think places like Whispering Canyon are fun. Uh, even someplace like and depending on what your daughter's interest is, like T Rex Cafe. Like my kids used to love T Rex Cafe. Um Prime Time. Uh, here. Oh. Be our guest is perfect. You can do lunch at Be Our Guest. It's counter service. It's not incredibly expensive. She, st- you can, you know, she can dress like Belle. You can buy or bring your own little accessories and sort of give her her princess breakfast, lunch, or dinner inside the Be Our Guest banquet hall.
1: Yeah, uh, you pretty much hit my entire list. I think I would Sorry. also add, um, you know, Cinderella's Royal Table. If if she oh, yeah. is in that, that's one of those really nice packages that isn't too expensive when you're comparing it to, you know, the tea party. Um, it is still kind of up there. Or you can also do the, the Bippity Boppity Boutique if um, that's something that she's still into because, you know, she's nine. She may not be into princesses. Who knows what? what uh little girls are into now because sometimes it's not all about glitter and and gowns um sometimes it is but uh the 1900 park fair is also another great location that um that they might enjoy because of all the different characters that are available there too so i don't think that disney world is lacking in options (laughs) for for a great celebration I think that you could take her birthday and turn it into a week worth of celebration, which any good little girl needs to, you know, celebrate an entire week and sometimes a month of her birthday. <laughs> so I, I think that there's a lot of, of great options. The characters are always such a great addition. Uh, you could even just, you know, do the bippity boppity Boutique and then go to breakfast at one of the locations right. where the characters are available or go into, um, have have breakfast, uh, like like you said. Um, Be our guest is also a really good option uh, because of the the feeling and the magic in that place. And then going and seeing Mickey uh, afterwards. So there's so many great ways to celebrate at Disney. Oh, I'm starting to think. So of- I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna assume <laughs> Lindsay that your daughter is not listening. This is what I yeah. okay. Depending on your time and your budget, You've
1: now put it together in your brain, right. haven't you?
0: You can sort of make a day out of it. Right. So if you get listen, the hardest ticket to get in show business is Cinderella's Royal Table for breakfast. Let's assume you're able to get that or be our guest for breakfast. So you're starting out in the and I'm and I'm making the assumption, forgive me, that we're thinking something princess wise. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm looking through your email again. You didn't necessarily say princess, but I'm thinking nine year old. Well, I'm thinking my daughter. So let's sort of theme it to princess. You can extrapolate this to whatever sort of theme that you want. Start off with be our guest or Cinderella's Royal Table. You can, um, if you want to do Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique, you know, either in the morning or later on the day, you can do that. Um, You can also sort of, you can sort of punctuate and, and bookend the day and the night, right, by maybe doing something like a dessert party. So almost make her feel like she's having her own birthday party, So if you're in Magic Kingdom, you can stay for a Happily Ever After dessert party in Tomorrowland. If she's a Frozen person, you can go to Epcot and do the Frozen-themed dessert party. Or if she's a Star Wars nerd, raise Mm -hmm. raise your lightsabers high, yo. You can do a (laughs) Star Wars galactic night, a galactic spectacular at Disney's Hollywood Studios.
1: There's something for everybody. Like you said, there's if she's not in a princesses there's definitely something there and then if um if she's into the other characters that are over at animal kingdom you also have Tusker house over there so i think it, it really comes down to the preference of um, of what her favorite disney characters are and you can build an entire day around that. That was Lindsay's most expensive email ever that she's ever sent. <laughs> and <laughs> again, money was no option. Then how would look, you start
0: from seven? The point is you can scale those up or down depending on how you want to do it. You know, you, you can you know, there were a lot of times that we would come down especially when we lived in New Jersey that if I wanted to do something special for my kids and not want to You know, buy everything in the park. Sometimes you go to I mean, especially now Target and and Walmart have so many things that you can get and bring with you to sort of sprinkle throughout your day, you know, depending on how it is that you want to um, to celebrate to. So it doesn't have to
1: be, you know, um, no. Not at all. You can just, like you said, go to Target or Walmart or or one of the party stores and get a, it's my birthday banner, um, a sash that she can put on and then um, the birthday button and spend the entire day in the Magic Kingdom. And she, you know, we can't guarantee what would be done for her, but I'm sure that almost every cast member that sees that is going to say, you know, happy birthday princess. So, there's there's all kinds the of the dollar hate. store
0: is your friend before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying so,
0: and get bring your own poncho. All right, let's move on. The next question is from Antoon A N T O U N. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. It says Antoon here. I'm from way down under Miami. LOL. He says Australia. <laughs> My partner and I are big fans of yours and your WW Radio podcast. Australia is a beautiful country and a great place to live. And lots of kids grew up here on the classic Disney movies along with the newer ones. The only problem we have down here, in my opinion, is we don't have a single dedicated Disney store countrywide, not many places to buy memorabilia, nowhere to enjoy any Disney-themed entertainment. Why do you live there? Hence, no real opportunity to be able to take it all in and get that fixed. I'm kidding, of course particularly for adults who grew up watching the classic films and want nothing more than to jump into our TV set. It certainly doesn't make it easy to fill the Disney void in our lives. We've traveled to the U.S. multiple times and even France just to visit the parks. We love to immerse ourselves in all things Disney, but being so far away from the parks certainly doesn't make it easy to jump on the nostalgia bus all the way down Main Street a couple of times a year. So do you have any tips for us Aussies who love Disney and love to dream, but have very limited opportunities and options besides a trip to the to the United States. So I dig this question, Becky, because I think this is another one of those that's not necessarily specific to him nor specific to Australia. There are a lot of places that are very very far from Disney theme parks, and sometimes you can't obviously you can't get there as often as you would like, nor maybe do you have a Disney store or even, you know, um, friends around you that are, you know, into Disney the same way. So really the question is, you know, if you can't get to Disney as often as you like, and maybe you can't even, look, I remember being in Jersey, going to the Disney store, like you almost had to just go and get your fix. What are some of the different ways you can do it. And I think this is interesting because even if you live domestically, like I'm starting to think of ways to connect yourself to the Disney experience. So, and I'll start, you know, I'll start the ball rolling with the, the low-hanging fruit. Podcasts are very easy, you know, podcasts. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, wait, let's go back for a second. If you listened to our show last week where we talked about some of the um, the rumor Disney parks. There was a rumor for a long time of Disney building a theme park down under. It is one that comes up um, every so often again with rumors of of land purchases and impending announcements. I sometimes wonder if if it, if it's real estate developers who are doing that to try and sell property in the area surrounding. I don't know that I necessarily see or foresee a Disney park ever coming to Australia, but there are ways to bring it to you. Look, it's the purpose of me doing this podcast, right? Is to, I want to be a conduit for you to the Disney park experience. It's why I used to do and still love what Tim does over at celebrations magazine in terms of getting content that will feed or fuel your Disney love and your Disney obsession. So for the WWDO Nation, one of the things I do every month are send scavenger hunts, which even if you can't get to the parks, the idea in my mind is that it might be something you can try and do virtually, you know, either by searching for photos online or going through your own photos or going through your own memories. But I think, and Becky, I want to give you, like, there's, I think there's a lot of different creative and fun ways to do it both
1: online and offline, there's a ton. And I, I was just thinking, first thing that hit my head is, what time is it in Australia on Wednesdays at what? 7.30 p.m.? Uh, and that's one of the neat things about this Disney community. And I'm going to call it the Disney fan community. I know that you hate the word fan. I kind of like it, but okay. Is it the connection that people create in their own local locations? Um, it, it, whether it be going to... WDW Radio on Wednesdays and chatting with each other and listening to you talk about Disney, which, you know, I'm up here in Seattle. I'm two and a half hours away from by flight to Disneyland, but I don't always get to to take advantage of that. And I do need my Disney fix every week. And that's one of the ways that I get it. Um, Not just planning vacations for people, but being able to connect to the community and the like-minded people who love disney as much as i do and the moment that you throw out something that could be somewhat controversial and listening to different people's opinions of what they're going to miss or not miss or what they're excited about coming that's what kind of connects me to to the disney fan experience is is talking with and conversing with and chatting with other fans so all of the social kind of gives you that experience too, between going on Facebook and seeing somebody's post and then having conversations there or, um, it, you know, maybe you should consider doing a, a live show for uh, the Aussie time period every month. <laughs> but they're like two days ahead or three days back, or so. I don't know what the yeah, time exactly. difference is back there, right? Um, you know, you could do you could do that for different uh, different global time periods. We could do one just for the UK. We could do one just for the Aussies. You'll never get any sleep, but that's okay, right? It's Disney. Um, but there are are so many ways that locally, if you or in you know within Throwing something a hot dog at each other, <laughs> time periods. If you can get together, I, I know that a lot of these um, local fan groups that have blossomed into larger experiences come from a couple of people connecting online and then getting together to talk about Disney um, over a meal, which all of a sudden turns into 40 people who are all getting together and trading pins, which then turns into, uh, you know, something larger. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 400 people in a ballroom to talk about Disney. It can be 10 people around, um, you know, for me, uh, with, you know, an alcoholic beverage is always good. <laughs> she, she can sit around the table. Insert sound of Lou and putting have, head in hands. Oh, go ahead. Exactly. And and have these, you know, just, just connecting with each other over this this love for this thing that we all have. That's taking advantage of all of those opportunities is the number one in my head.
0: Right. So I, I was thinking of, so I'm thinking on two different sides. So there's the online okay. side and and without <clears throat> trying to sound self-serving, I do have to mention the WW Radio Box People community. Um, again, I, I oh, built yeah. the clubhouse. You are the ones who populated, but I still have never seen a community of of strangers who instantly become friends, who are so warm and so welcoming and so genuinely caring about one another. If you go to wwradiocom community, I, I welcome, I personally invite you to come and be part of, of the group and as active as you want to be, whether it's sharing or just consuming. um, I I will, I have to tease a little bit and say that um, I have been working on something and I have some friends working on some very, very cool projects, which I, neither of which I am at liberty to discuss. However, I want you to know there are some very cool things coming down the pipeline that are meant to exactly do what you are trying to do, to bridge the gap between you and uh, the Disney parks. Now, if you have, whether you have friends who are local or family or partner, parents, whatever, I think there are some things you can do literally in the comfort of your own home. So maybe in Australia, there's not Disney fan groups That get together. Maybe it's something that you want to try and do. See if maybe you can organize something via, you know, Eventbrite or Meetup or um, uh, Facebook to try and find like minded friends because you'll see that community. Start, you know, can grow from just a few people getting together to something larger. You can do something as simple as Disney Game Night. Um, mm-hmm. You can theme the food and the decor. From what I understand, the new Disney Villains game, it's sort of like a role-playing game. It's supposed to be a lot of fun, like a a simplified, and forgive me, I've never played it before, but I'm thinking sort of a simplified, you know, role-playing Dungeons & Dragons type game you can do Disney movie marathons um you know go back especially when Disney plus comes out like you'll be able to go back and watch movies by theme by chronology you can randomly you know put all the Disney names into a first fishbowl virtual or otherwise and randomly pick one and if it's the cat from outer space man that's the movie that you're watching (laughs) that night um, YouTube has an amazing repository of vintage videos, whether they should be there or not as a separate conversation. However, Disney used to put out so many cool vacation planning videos and, um, sing along songs and all these kind of cool things. Um, uh, they used to do like a lot of TV specials, like one, two hour TV specials, a lot of which you can find, um, on YouTube, um, I think you can build it. Um, what I mean by that is whether it's the, the, look that you can build the Death Star, Cinderella Castle, like grab Legos and build on your own the little Metal Earth collections. There's probably god 30, 40 different ones now. They're little they're little sheets of of metal that are are cut, they're sort of laser cut and you pop them out And you bend them and fold them according to instructions, and you can build everything from Cinderella's coach to her castle to the haunted mansion to ride vehicle. Like, they're really, really cool. I have neither the the dexterity nor the patience nor the time to do it. I have some. They're still in their packages, but they look really cool. Um, Or even try and recreate Disney recipes at home, I mean, depending on how much time and creativity you want to invest, I think there's a lot of different ways to get those little Disney touches at home or at work, um, however and wherever you want to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I'm I'm with you, though. It's the connection within the people who have the like-mindedness. So the, the box people group, the Wednesday night stuff, the... Um, the, obviously, the WDW radio podcast itself, because you give so much information about the parks. Um, so there's connection there. I uh, Disney gives us so many great opportunities to enjoy the magic. And like you said, those those silly little... Metal things. I have like four of them sitting right here on my desk, and I I can't do them either. So find a friend who can do them for you. <laughs> right. buy, they build?
0: What <laughs> Becky's <laughs> trying to say is she will hire you to build it for her and and send it back to. her. But I think this is actually a great question for you, the listener. What are some of the ways that you bring Disney into? your daily life, your home, your work, your nights, your weekends, your when you can't get to the parks, what do you do? I'd love for you to share this in the Box People community again because that's where the conversations exist. Go to Facebook, go to www.radio.com community. Either I or somebody will start that thread there uh, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Let us know some of your unique inventive, and creative ideas. Let's move on to the next question who comes, <clears throat> excuse me, from Derek, who says, Lou, and most definitely not Becky. I what? added the I added the not part myself. Okay. He said, hey, first off, mm, excuse me, it took me a couple of years and little. lots of my spare time, but I recently finished listening to the entire backlog of your episodes no. and the newscasts. And That's I have, have to give you a loom. huge thank you for all the work you've put into everything. Derek's going <laughs> to need a lot of therapy very soon. Anyway, not only is your attitude infectious, but as an audio engineer, your commitment to production quality is amazing. Thank you. I don't want to read anymore. That's perfect. Good night, everybody. That's the end of the show. Um, On to my, onto my question, which I hope makes one of the mailbag shows. It did. And here we go. My wife and I have the concept for our bucket list trip for a while seeing every single Disney park in the entire world. It's going to be a while as to when we can not only afford all that travel, much less take all that time off work, but it doesn't cost anything to dream today. Plus, if you can dream it, you can do it. And if and when you can pay for it, Becky can book it. I know the Disney (laughs) Parks blog posted an article a few years back about somebody that did that in a record time of 75 hours or so, but that's not what I'm looking for. Oy, that sounds exhausting. My question is this. How much time do we dedicate to each park and its surrounding locale in order to do them justice? I know you've been through every gate except Paris, and I think I've heard Becky say over and over and over again that she's been there over and over and over again. So I hope the two of you combined would have a good suggestion. I'm reading it as it's written. A little bit of embellishment on my
1: part. Anyway, I was going to say we've
0: only been to Walt Disney World. Although I went to Disneyland as a kid in the mid 80s and I personally think a minimum of two days at each park. Yes, you've converted me to Animal Kingdom with a break. Say every two days would be a good approach for Florida. And I've heard that you say to plan a minimum of three days for Disneyland DCA. And what about the rest? And seriously, man, thanks for all you do. I know you say that episode one is rough, but I think you're too hard <laughs> on yourself. It was a <laughs> fun journey to listen to the show take shape into what it is today, and I loved hearing the first, the first appearance of Little Timmy Foster, the first appearance of Becky, the first live dining review, etc. Derek, Derek, man, thank you so much for such a wonderful and kind. You are filling my heart with joy. And gratitude. Um, I appreciate you going back and listening. And, and I'm sorry also as well. But I do, I dig this question, which basically mm. is how much time um, do you think you need to spend at each of the parks? We can hit this, I think, relatively quickly, Although you'll have to address wow. France. I, I think we've talked about world in the past. Look, world, and I'm not saying you have to, but you can spend a week here and not even come close to doing everything. Mm-hmm. The vacation kingdom of the world when it opened in 1971 is a vastly different and smaller place than it is today with four parks, two water parks, Disney Springs, and all of the ancillary things to do. A-, a week, again, assuming time and money is is somewhat flexible. I mean, a week is almost a minimum. Like, because I, I think, and if we even start throwing Galaxy's Edge into the mix... Two days at each park is not necessarily crazy talk. You know, if you don't want to go commando style all day, every day to every single park and want to spend an off day at the pool or at the water park and hit Disney Springs, like, right? I mean, that's not even including, and you even talked about sort of the the, the local area, the surrounding locale in order to do them justice, You know, spending 10 days in a Walt Disney World vacation, all things considered, is
1: not crazy talk. (laughs) It's really (laughs) not. I I, I think this. there's so many questions that I would would want to ask before I got really into this. Like, are you just hitting the the top few things to do? Are you planning to do sit down meals at every one? All of these would impact? uh, Or or are you going to spend any time at the resort? Are you going to go to a water park? If you're just going to focus on the main parks, you're right. Seven days is enough to scratch the surface. If you're going to do it in a not commando, I'm going to be here every 30 seconds. I have something planned to hit this on a on a, uh, a crazy planning schedule. So let's say a minimum of seven days for Walt Disney World. I think you're right. Two days at each park is not crazy talk. Uh, especially with all of the the newer things that are there like you know, people are probably going to argue that yeah you could do Animal Kingdom in one day I disagree especially now with um, Pandora and the frankly the wait time that you're going to have in some of these locations so if you had two days at each seven days Days total, I would agree. That's the minimum that you would want to spend to hit all the greatest hits.
0: That's not even including all the time you need to eat. Like you need to add five <laughs> no. more days on just for the food itself. So let's just say, all right, just so we can quickly hit. It, let's just say we recommend, if possible, at least seven days in Walt Disney World. I, I think three days
1: Disneyland DCA
0: as yeah. of today. Uh, well, you could almost say four because of Galaxy's four. Edge.
1: See, I would because of Galaxy's Edge, I, I would say four because you almost need half a day just in that land all on its own.
0: And and he's asking about the surrounding area. So look, you're in Ugh. Southern California. There's a lot to do there. And I don't just mean in terms of, you know, theme parks and, and studios, but there are amazing beaches and there's a lot of, you know, art and culture and yes, dining to do there too. Every time I go to California, Becky, and go to Disneyland, I'm like, this is going to be the trip that I spend two or three days and go outside of the berm, and I never do. But I've been to California before. We've done the adventures by Disney. Again, I think you could probably take, depending on how you vacation or what you want to see, easily two, three days to, to visit Southern California.
1: Yeah, because there's uh, there's so much history there and there's so many great things to see and eat and do and the beaches and down in San Diego, which isn't very far away. You've got some of the best zoos in the area in the in the United States there. Um, but the same could also be said for Walt Disney World, because you do have Kennedy Space Center that's not very far away from um, from that scenario. So you could actually add there if you were interested in in those extras and the beaches Yeah. And as long as you're here, you might as well hop on a
0: cruise. Sure. And you can't do less than three (laughs) days, so there's another four days.
1: Yeah. All right. So (laughs) I I would say for me, I'm going for DLR for four days, uh, in my opinion. And look, I, I think at the minimum.
0: And I think the overseas parks offer a unique and we can almost sort of and I and the more I think this out loud, we can almost sort of wrap these in together because, look, you're visiting shanghai, paris and tokyo three of the most beautiful important largest culturally you know um uh, amazing cities on the planet it look man i i, I know that when i get to japan you're going to they're going to drag me kicking and screaming like onto the plane to come back home china was amazing i'm sure i've and i've been to france as a kid I mean, you can spend days in Paris and and never see it all. I I think this is where you do have to start thinking about the realities of your time and your budget and just how long you want to spend in the Disney parks and in addition or in lieu of spending time as as a tourist going to, you know, these amazing surrounding cities
1: yeah <laughs> i don't even know where to start um from the amount of time that we had in hong kong and uh or sorry in um uh, yeah in hong kong and shanghai i wanted more time we we got to see a lot i mean we we even had uh adventure by disney guides leading us around and taking us to different places and we had time before and after and it still didn't seem like enough time right so Hong Kong, I think, because it is a smaller park, you could probably do that in, dare I say, three days if you want to see the surrounding area. If you just want to go to the park, that's one thing. But remember, going out or going to see Hong Kong itself is an entire day by, on its easy. own. Easy, um, uh, you easy. know. Yeah, and, I,
0: I, you know, saying a day to Hong Kong, I almost feel like you're doing it a disservice and an injustice
1: yeah. because it's Hong Kong. I mean, you know... Um, I'm trying to work on the the minimum that you could get away with and still feel like you've seen it. That's, that's I meant, kind of you the- know
0: there's no blanket answer right I was like, okay, oh, well, the minimum is three days, right? You need to sort of, you know be able to to spend time and enjoy the city as, as well as all the touristy things you need to see, that probably isn't enough. This is the I, this is probably the least <laughs> helpful answer ever, but it's hard. I think the, the point is is that it, it really does depend on you and how you vacation, what you want to see. And I think going in with the understanding that you will never be able to see and do it all, I think sometimes you visit right. these cities to almost test the waters and whet your appetite and then say, okay, is this a city, is this a country that I want to go back to again and spend more time going to visit., uh, that's how I felt with Japan. We're going back, yay, in just a couple of months. I my brains are falling out of my head. I cannot wait um, to do it. But all right, mm. we we have to move on. Kyle Buck Burke halter. From Ellicott City, Maryland says, Hey, Becky and Lou. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That was backwards. Oh, so. Hey, it actually
1: says that I need it you to actually say take that. a picture of that. And my family and I I'm get so Walt to Walt
0: Disney World about once a my year. Hopes We're, up. We are disappointed we missed our opportunity to ride Ellen's Energy Adventure and the Great Movie Ride one last time before they closed. It seemed like the announcements for the attraction closers don't give us much of a heads up sometimes. We have a four year old and one year old. And I know the four-year-old already is getting on Becky's... No, I'm sorry. Is already... Has some favorites that we are worried Ah! might go away. Figment, Uh Grand Fiesta Tour. Do we have any information or intuition about what attractions throughout the parks might be in danger of going away soon? Thanks for everything. So Kyle, first and foremost, I, I am not one to talk about rumors or spin rumors. I know nothing. But I decided as I was reading to continue with this because I think it's fun to speculate on attractions that are present now that we think might not be long for this world. Now, we know, obviously, Epcot is in the midst or in the beginning phases of what is going to be a a transformation. And I expect that in a couple of months when D23 Expo comes, we are going to get a lot more detail just in terms of how the transformation, evolution, and expansion of that park is going to change. We already know what's coming. We, we, you know, in terms of attractions like Tron and Runaway Railway, but Becky, do you, are there any attractions currently that you think might not be long for this world? And if, if this was your next, if you're coming to visit soon and it was your last trip for, a year, two years, insert number here. What do you think that they should go on their potential last ride for? And this is again, we are not we're not saying that these are rumors or things that we think or know. It's just a fun exercise in thinking. This one might not be around forever.
1: Oh my, you're going to throw that at me first. No, I'll go first
0: because Uh, I I think if you have not ridden Journey Into Your Imagination and uh, you love it in, in its current incarnation, you better stop what you're doing and get online. Because I just, I have to believe that when announcements come for changes to Epcot, the first one to change, you know what I mean? Yeah. is going to be journey to imagination that the, yeah. the, the handwriting has been on the wall for years and the reason why it sits very much a shell of what it once was not just the attraction but the the post show experience is because they are getting to rate, make the announcement, close that building down, and I I will have to assume that's going to affect the Disney Vacation Club lounge upstairs as well. They will shutter that building and make what I think is going to be a massive change. Will it be Bing Bong's emotional roller coaster? I don't know. <laughs>
1: I just like saying it because it gives me, it makes it, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to say. Um you're right that that is the one that that should have come to my brain right away but I'm just kind of working my way through the entire area. And let's go let's go you know, park by park. Go Magic now, Kingdom, Epcot, Studios. Well, really quick, let's let's stick with Epcot for a second because we do know that they have made some official announcements of some of the things that are, are going to close whether temporarily or not for the new stuff's coming. And I, I'm with you. I can't wait for D 23 expo because I think we're going to just like, um, last two years ago, it seems like it was like a few months ago, but it wasn't <laughs> when they were doing the, the parks presentation and, and, The things that they were announcing got us so excited for what was coming next, knowing that we were going to lose some things along the way. Um, But here it is. The things have opened. We are so excited about it now. So it's like the focus to what's next. I'm more excited about what's coming than what's going away. However, I will say when they said that they're going to close Starbucks for a little while, I did get a little concerned (laughs) because sometimes you do need your triple latte mochaccino, frappuccino thingy um, just to keep yourself going in the park but there are some things that that are inevitably have to be closed f- so that they can make these wonderful transformations for these things that we will adore once they they roll forward so you know what <laughs> here's the here's the thing for me and i don't no one's going to share this opinion but probably my least favorite thing that i won't miss if it does ever go away which it won't now because it is so new i'm still just not a fan of mission space FYI. So I'm just not. I, so
0: what is it? Is it the enclosure? Is it is it? it's the lack of Gary Sinise, isn't it?
1: You know, when Gary went away, my entire world just, you know, <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. I love attractions and I love rides. and I love exhilaration. I don't like centrifuges. I've learned. Um, <laughs> so uh, for some reason, I cannot even tell you the last time. I was on that attraction. So it wouldn't break my heart if that turned into something even more amazing than the technology was when it opened somewhat years ago.
0: I so do miss, I look, I love me some Gary Sinise for a lot of different reasons. Like I, I like him. However, the fact that Gina, yeah, I'm going to make a Firefly reference. The fact that Gina Torres from Firefly is the new host does play to. My your
1: Firefly obsession. I, I do. G- I have to get see on this it. I'm
0: telling you, you can buy. it. I think you can buy it on Amazon Prime now for like five dollars for the whole for the whole run of the show, which right. was 15 episodes. It's awesome.
1: All right, I'm um, calling in sick and apparently
0: doing. Firefly. Calling in sick <laughs> to what? The room next door to your the, the the room in your house. All right. Other attractions. Let's quickly uh. sort of think about other attractions that we think are possibly not long. For this world, I I won't even go necessarily park. I'll just sort of jump around because the the voyage of the little mermaid at yeah. Disney's Hollywood Studios, I have to believe, is is it the death knell has sounded. Um, launch bay is is obviously going to go away as we approach the um or, or launch bay. I think in its current incarnation is going to change. Uh, I would not be surprised. If we get an update to Fantasmic, or potentially a new show altogether, I think hmm. that show has been sort of cobbled back together over the years in in waiting for a a major refurbishment or a major overhaul in terms of the actual um, the actual show itself. People have asked for for years, and again, I know nothing, this is not a rumor, but Indiana Jones, Epic Stunt Spectacular. Yeah. It's a huge venue. It's a lot of space. It's also a people eater. Like, you still go, and it still packs the house, and now with discussions of an additional indie movie coming, does it stay the way it is, or does it potentially get updated to refresh as part of the franchise? I will hold off on my speculation there. Yeah. Um, and over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, I, I, <laughs> I my little gut is telling me that 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 park is not done in terms of its its expansion as yet. What I would, speculate that might change is the conservation station affection section area. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for that space while I do believe and, and I applaud the fact that the focus and the message and the mission of, of animal kingdom still remains there in terms of educating people about animal care And conservation, um, it would not necessarily surprise me because of where it is and the space it occupies, being able to do something different there. um, I'm giving you the I don't know face, but I would not necessarily (laughs)
1: be surprised. Okay, two that I'm going to throw out really quickly before I move on to Hollywood Studios For, for Magic Kingdom. I was not disappointed when they started shutting down Stitch's Great Escape. <laughs> that was another one that I, I feel is uh, an area that it's temporarily closed now, or at least that's how it's termed. Um, I know that they've opened it here and there. For oh, it, it's history, computer. like the Aztecs, man. It's done. Oh, is it? Is yeah. it good? And okay, excellent. So mm-hmm. I obviously, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, uh, all right, uh, again, controversial. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's just not a. I, I know it's great for the. It's good for the kids and the small families <laughs> hey kids, in that area. Becky's I get it. just, yep, she's just, <laughs> just, her, just it it's Becky wants right to there, replace
0: it's... the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor with a bar with a lounge. So,
1: well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I again, it's just a a, a a space where they could at least upgrade it or do something different with it. So that's my thoughts there. Um, over to Animal Kingdom. A, again from the venue you can't really change the the venue but i'm not a big fan this is just turning into the rides that i don't typically go on because i'm not a fan of them rather than them going away i i can see what's happening here you're you're trying to to get me in a corner that's okay um,
0: we're not calling it they're not changing it to becky world they still want it to tr- be disney world so they're gonna have no, to let kids in somewhere
1: oh it could be luland oh isn't that special um where everything would be spider-man and star wars apparently (laughs) more (laughs) spider-man a lot less star wars but that's a separate conversation the um the one there that's it's obviously changing in disneyland but tough to be a bug might need some updating or some changes in my opinion it's not something that i go see every time do you no, but I want to sing the We're Pollinators song because it's, it's resonating <laughs> in my head right now. All right. See, that was that ride was much like way back when with the alien encounter where, you know, they're holding you in and something's licking your neck, which just was so wrong on so many levels. The tough to be a bug where you've got spiders coming at you from the ceiling and there are things that are crawling underneath. Just so back you know, end. Becky, I
0: want you to know that the psychiatrists <laughs> in the audience are having a field
1: day with you right now. <laughs> Yes, uh, spiders, not good in my world, and neither is, you know, small enclosed spaces. FYI, I, I fully admit my my weaknesses here. But um, I, I, those are the only two. But conservation Station, like you said, I, I think that that's, uh, it's, a, again, a, another large area that they could do something more um, more immersive with. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm agreeing with. Yeah, you. Yeah, and again,
0: I, I don't want to sort of go down the the rumor mill road in terms of. Yeah. Um, you know, there, look, there there have been rumors for years about Dino Land as a whole going away, and Conservation Station completely going away, and entire sections of parks, um, not not necessarily limited to um, uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, going away. Um, I, I think well, uh, certainly. If you if you love interventions and what it is, I mean that we know that that's going to change um, as well. But that's 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 really all been announced. But I think this yeah. is one that's again interesting for discussion in terms of you, our friend, the audience. What, if any, do you what attractions do you think might potentially be a, a the way Kyle put it, be going away soon, right? Attractions that you think, or maybe even would not mind if they disappeared from the Disney parks. Again, we'll maybe we'll post this question in the Box People group on Facebook at facebook.com, at www.radio.com <laughs> slash community. I'm trying to make it easy. Or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. So tell us, one, what attractions do you think might be going away soon? And two, What are some of the ways that you sort of get your Disney fix when you can't get to the parks? And even three, we'll go back to Lindsay's question. What do you think are great places and ways to celebrate a child's birthday in Walt Disney World? We'll put all those questions in the Box People group. And of course, if you have questions about your upcoming vacation, you can go and visit mousefantravel.com because I know that Becky and her amazing team of agents are standing at the ready to help you all at no cost to you.
1: Exactly. (laughs) We're we're happy to help anybody who wants to do the Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Walt Disney World, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and or Japan trip because we can do all of that for you and more.
0: And we have lots of more, lots of more? We have lots of more (laughs) questions to get to, but I certainly want to hear yours. I promise we will not take so long in between. Um, Oh, wait, I forgot to give you, Wait, I forgot to give you a what? a a lightning a round question,
1: Becky. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, I was hoping, so hoping, I was going to dodge that, but go.
0: All right, I'll let you. I'll let you dodge. I'll let you dodge that bullet until next time. I'll You're let you. are dodge- have
1: nice today. What is going on with you? What What happened to Lou Mangiello that I know and love? If I
0: could, if if you were going to buy me breakfast anywhere in Walt Disney wow. World, where
1: would it be? Go B- McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I I dig me egg McMuffin. You know I've got an obsession with egg McMuffins. You you know that right? And it is on property, FYI. Just you. you
0: We'll go. We'll go to McDonald's, (laughs) but you actually have to go inside and walk up to the counter and order it, and then eat next to the giant child ball pit.
1: No, you. Wow. (laughs) We could throw you in. We could live stream that. That would be. Podcast gold. You, I need um, like a,
0: a rescue uh, thing. You know, I, I get lost about, in the pulpit.
1: How about uh, docking bay seven? I didn't get to try breakfast there.
0: Walt Disney World. Oh, it's not open well, it's, yet.
1: Well, it's <laughs> it's it's, only, it's like a month away. Today, right now. It's like right around the corner. Right it's, now, it's today. Like right there. Right now. Right now. Too. Um. Oh, Cinderella's royal table. <laughs>
0: It's funny because I know that's not her answer.
1: It would be so fun to watch you go to Cinderella's Royal Table. I would do it. Listen, I would do it in a heartbeat. you That's what we need to do. We need to go and do a a live review at a character meal. Which is fine, but you you can't. uh, Never mind. As long as they serve mimosas, I'm good. (laughs) Becky wants a character meal. No, I know. I know the one I want to try because I keep hearing about it and you posted about it is the brunch at um, arts. At- oh, it's so
0: good. Oh, it's so good.
1: Everybody who's gone has, has just raved about that. So what if you have not been apart? to
0: brunch at artsmith's homecoming. D- get on it. Um, it is. That is a good time right there.
1: What set it apart from other brunches and other experiences. Chicken.
0: Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> that's it it's 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 a brunch of chicken it is it's a brunch of chicken but it's it's phenomenal there is look we talk about comfort food it is like we just went last weekend and had a wonderful brunch chicken and those maple bacon donuts what good Gandhi man like what yeah and you'll like it they have all kinds of mimosas and stuff like that too but um, I I prefer to eat my calories
1: So basically, we need to schedule our our semi annual um, update meeting, the all day one. So we go to brunch at Chef Arts and then we move to Boathouse.
0: I, I, so, so, you can't do them both on the same day because the brunch is going to sort of, it'll, it'll, that'll fill you up for, it'll fill you up for a few hours. It'll fill me up for like 20 minutes. But so you don't want to, have you
1: met you? Yes.
0: You don't want to cross those (laughs) streams, but that's a nice weekend right there. Brunch.
1: Right, so now we have to add brunch to our list.
0: And do you There's see why list. to the person that emailed really do you see why you need an additional five days at Disney World? I just got you yeah. two more restaurants to go to.
1: There's like a day of just going to Disney Springs now. That that's that is turned, turned into that's the, kind of my the, life. That's where I'm going tonight, so <laughs> Shocker.
0: Art Smith, I'm coming for you, brother. Oh, you're cheating on boathouse now. Ooh. We have an open relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Chef that. I'm so I'm scared of for our walt disney world trivia question of the week where i invite you to test your knowledge of walt disney world history or see how well you pay attention to the details sometimes in what you see or hear yes maybe even eat and if you think you know the answer you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a disney prize package of course before we get to this week's question we're going to go back review last week's and select our winner So last week, we were celebrating July 4th here in America, and as part of our Independence Day, I wanted to go with some trivia about our nation, specifically in the Walt Disney World theme parks. I told you how much I loved Liberty Square, and your question was about a ceremony that used to take place every day in the 1970s in Liberty Square in front of the Liberty Bell, and your question last week was to tell me what the name of that ceremony was. I want to thank the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that it was called the sons and daughters of liberty now this like a lot in liberty square was not just part of walt disney world's history but real american history the ceremony that took place daily in liberty square involved a fife and drum corps marching with a cast member everybody dressed in revolutionary era costuming and they would choose a boy and a girl from the crowd i was never chosen i'm still upset about that to be an official son and daughter of liberty now this did of course have a connection to real american history because the sons of liberty was a secret organization that was created during the colonial era to advance the rights of the colonists and fight taxation by the government now unfortunately that ceremony does not take place anymore in liberty square but if you have a copy or can find one online an old video called the magic of walt disney world did show a section of that ceremony that used to take place as well as the beautiful revolutionary era costumes that cast members wore anyway i want to thank again all of you who entered i randomly selected one entry you were playing for all of my digital products which is my 102 ways to save money for not walt disney world book all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of magic kingdom yes including liberty square a ww radio vinyl sticker a WW Radio Pop Socket for your phone, and a WW Radio T-shirt, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is Daniel Kimber. So, Daniel, thank you very much for entering. I have your shipping information, and we'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. All right, I'm going to keep this one simple, because all you need to do this week is finish this sentence here in this modern high-tech facility we have perfected blank that's it just fill in the blank tell me here in this modern high-tech facility we have perfected blank what did they perfect in that modern high-tech facility that may or may not still be there you have until sunday july 14th to go to www.radio.com Go to the podcast section, click on this week's podcast, and use the online form there. Again, you'll play for all the digital products, the books, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, and a WW Radio t-shirt. So good luck, and have fun. that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week and don't forget that I want you to be part of the show, the community and the conversation. Come by and join our Facebook group over at www.radio.com slash community and as an extension of that I want to thank and welcome and invite you to be part of our WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love and your support and your friendship and help and being able to give back to you each and every month I want to thank some of the new members this month, including Christopher Anderson, Dave Toast, Amber Cassaday, and Gary Hassara, who have joined the hundreds of you who get exclusive rewards every month, including new scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, T-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, as well as things like exclusive live video group calls, early access and discounts to special events, and lots more. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution to the WW Radio Nation goes directly to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. To find out more, visit wwradio.com slash support. And continuing with the idea of community and conversation, you can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Much like this week's show, I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a question you want me to answer, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. And of course, you know, there's as much as I love connecting with you online. Nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why for more than 11 years, I have done monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. Our next meet of the month for July is going to be one of my favorite things we do every year. It's our annual day at a Disney water park. It's going to be Saturday, July 27th at Typhoon Lagoon. We will meet in the morning, make camp somewhere, and spend the day with some fun and some sun and probably a lot of food. To find out more, I'll share additional details as we get closer. You can visit our events page by going to www.radio.com slash events. There you'll not, not only find out about Meets of the Month, but our group cruises. We still have some availability for our cruise out of New Orleans in February 2020, as well as a few announcements that I have up my sleeve that are coming very, very soon. I'm also planning some additional meetups over the next few months as I travel to speak. And if you want to find out how I can come to speak to your event, your conference, your school. You can visit lumonjello.com. There you can find out about some of the topics I talk about, including the ultimate customer experience, really learning about and le- leveraging lessons from the Disney company, leadership lessons we can learn from Walt Disney, social media, live video, podcasting, the power of community building, as well as inspiring topics geared specifically towards students from middle school through college. I can come to your event, to your business, or present to you virtually. Again, to find out more, visit lumangelo.com. There you'll also find out about my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, September 28th and 29th. It's two days of inspiration, education, and community where you will learn and execute on what you learn right in the room and meet and work with others right away to help you take your idea and your brand and your business to the next level whether you have a blog a podcast a content creator product or brick-and-mortar store we can help you there I'm going to announce our first round of speakers including our keynote speaker very very soon in the past we've had Lee Cockrell, Dan Cockerell Duncan Wardle, Ashley Eckstein. Lots more coming. Again, to find out more, visit LouMangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team from Mouse Fan Travel, whatever your Disney or other destination is on the planet. They can not only give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, answer all of your questions, but it all comes at no cost to you. You can visit them over at MouseFanTravel.com. Go to CelebrationsPress.com and subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, let others know about it. You can do that by tweeting out that you're listening, sharing a link to this or your favorite episode over on Facebook, and if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers. Like Alpin Brad, who says it's outstanding. I've been enjoying the podcast for years now, constantly entertaining and so well done. Lou's an excellent host and interviewer. We're big Disney fans and the show delivers. Thank you, Lou, and company. And Ben Shapiro says it's excellent, consistent, and magical, just long enough, never boring, and overall great. And Captain Kirk, I'm not sure if it's the Captain Kirk, but we'll go with it anyway, says it's my favorite podcast, not just Disney related my favorite podcast not just Disney but overall the show always gets me fired up before I return to the parks and gives me great ideas for new things to do and of course new food to try the best thing about the program is Lou's ability to lift your spirits if you're down and fill your day with a little bit of magic keep up the great work Lou and that's from Kirk in Chicago Kirk thank you as well as Ben and Alpin Brad for taking the time to review the show and for your incredibly kind words and kirk you sort of encapsulated exactly what i want to do man i want to lift your spirit and bring you a little bit of disney magic any way that i can i hope that this show makes you happy because that's exactly what you do for me and to quote a very famous duck happiness is the richest thing we will ever own Donald, you are a very smart man, and speaking of Donald, this is why I told you to wait until the end, you know that every Wednesday night, or I hope you know that every Wednesday night, in addition to the show, I do a live video broadcast and chat on Facebook, it's a great way to have not just me create content and then wait for you to reply, but we get we get to talk about Disney answer your questions, have some fun, play some games, sometimes have some giveaways, and in some cases, like this week, have special guests as well. This week, we're going to learn how to draw Donald, not from me. Trust me, you don't want to watch me draw. But who you do want to watch is my friend, Disney artist, Disney design group, and Imagineer, Brian Blackmore. We are going to be joined by Brian at Brian's home studio. He's going to teach us how to draw Donald. And If you've ever seen some of Brian's work, not just in the parks, but maybe on the cruise line in a lot of artwork. We'll talk more about that when you see Brian. He's going to teach us how to draw Donald. He is an amazing guy. He's been on the show before. I promise you, a lot of fun. That's going to be this Wednesday, July 10th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. You're not going to want to miss it. If you can't join us live, don't worry. The video will be there on the replay, but hope that you can make it more importantly that you invite and bring a friend with you that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, thank you so, so very much. I hope that this is your best week ever. I hope to see you on Wednesday night at the meet of the month. So until next time, see ya.
1: Hey, Lou Mangiello, Brian from St. Augustine here, just sitting on the TTA here on July 1st, early morning, having some fun with the kids. We're playing some Sorcerer of the Adventure game, which is pretty awesome, I'm telling you. Pretty great time. I uh, hope you guys are having a, a great summer so far. I know we are having a good time. My daughter. Hi, everyone. I'm Connor. I'm
0: Connor. All right, and I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your summer. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, Lou, it's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. I'm not quite done, but I'm listening to the most recent... week, everyone. Uh, Make somebody smile, and I'll see you Wednesday night. (laughs)